Hello, everyone. Welcome to This Must Be the Place, the Building Science Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Henderson. Each episode is a deep conversation with a carefully chosen peer about not just houses, but place. Yeah, of course we talk about houses and retrofits, but we also want to change the industry for the better, forever. Energy poverty, community engagement, industry disruption, societal responsibility, and climate change. It's all here and so much more. Welcome back to This Must Be the Place, the Building Science Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Henderson. Dave Butterwick is my guest today. He's the managing partner at Butterwick Construction and Carpentry Limited and Butterwick Projects Limited. He specializes in net zero and passive house building. Maybe we've met face to face, maybe, but I know that we have sat on several working groups and committees together, and so I'm super happy to have him here with me today. Welcome, Dave. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. I'm really yeah. excited. Yeah, this is going to be a fun, a fun conversation. So you're a carpenter by trade. Correct. How did a carpenter get into high-performance build, high building techniques? Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, that's a, it's, it was a long time ago. I think I started as a carpenter apprenticing. I, I was lucky enough to apprentice for some companies that um, really valued energy efficiency. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, early on, it kind of – I didn't. I started learning this way. I didn't learn, you know, traditional type like type stuff. Like you know, my my forte into framing was energy efficiency was on top of always discussed. And we started building custom homes, kind of in the custom home world. Um, so I mean, and then you know, you venture away from there, and you're like, oh, this is how we did it this way. This you know, and you just it's just a better way of doing it. So mm-hmm. you know, being that you know. A carpenter and trying to find, you know, a better way of doing things is kind of what drove me, you know. Cool. Yeah, I get that. I was my my introduction into the, this world was through a program that I was in in uh, Manitoba that basically introduced me to R2000 as the building standard that we should be using. And I never <laughs> looked back from there. And I've always like been like agitated about code compliance because congratulations, that means you're not illegal. Yeah. yeah, you know, I'm very similar. It's to me, it's like, yeah, awesome. And then, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But then you talk about price, and you're like, well, it doesn't. Have, yeah, it's it's this is th- that shouldn't be the benchmark where you know this R2000 and net zero ready and net zero should probably be closer to the benchmark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, tell me about Butterwick. What do you do for your clients? Uh, so we do custom homes um, and deep energy retrofits, renovations for people. Um, mm-hmm. Mostly in the single uh, single family home sector, um, you know, and you know we're starting to venture out um, into multifamily deep energy retrofits. Starting to look into multifamily, you know, net zero uh, MERPs, I guess we call mm-hmm. them, um, into that world in 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 Alberta, specifically in in northern Alberta and Edmonton, Alberta. Okay, and that's where you're you're so you're your client base is in and around Edmonton. Yeah, correct. Correct. Cool. So what's the most challenging program project you've worked on so far? 
Uh, deep energy retrofits have been very challenging, very time uh-huh. consuming. The learning curve yeah. is huge. Yeah. Um, but with that, I mean, it, it kind of makes it fun. I mean, that's kind of why we started, you know, and I think a lot of our carpenters, we have quite a few carpenters on staff now, and I think that's what keeps them coming to work is that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, but I think, you know, we started with single family deep energy retrofits. They were challenging enough, um, kind of learning from, Almost on the fly, lots of things are as built, lots of things are discussed, and then we, you know, we're venturing on into the multifamily realm. You know, we have a current project that's 59 units. Um, you know, and is some that different are, than the is, is that different than the Sundance one? That is a Sundance project. The Sundance. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about that in a minute, but I just wanted to sure. make sure. So, yeah. uh, one of the questions: Are you seeing a, a shift in the balance between what you you know new construction and, and renovation? Are you shifting one way like more towards retrofit, or is that? No, we kind of. I mean, we do, we market energy efficiency and net zero building and and passive house construction. Um, you know, I'm finding it. You know, when we do lots of DERs and that's what social media is telling people we do, we get more. And then, you know, we'll get a nice, cool custom net zero home or do a couple because they take a while, you know, over a mm-hmm. year to plan sometimes. And then all of a sudden we do a couple more and then we get some interest there and it kind of ebbs and flows. You know, like we're not really trying to steer that. We're just steering the, you know, this is the standard. This is, right. know, this is where we want to be. And, you know, the difference between a retrofit and net zero home um, is kind of, you know, we'll take it as it goes, as long as they're both kind of hitting that standard. Now, I do think, like, not not as many other firms and companies are doing retrofits because it's very hard work. Not a lot of people, you know, want to get into that world, I don't think, necessarily yeah. yet. Because um, when you open up that wall, if you open up that wall, there is all sorts of exciting surprises. Totally. And renovations <laughs> alone in themselves are beautiful. Yeah. And then, you know, you add you add this type of layering and, and, you know, mechanical systems and wall systems and envelopes, and it can be pretty scary. And um, so I think, you know, we might be considered experts in that because we've done probably quite a few, maybe more mm-hmm. than some. Um, but, you know, we're not pushing it anymore, I don't think. But it's very important. Like, there's, we'll probably talk about it. That, you know, later on in the interview, but like learning and understanding this, how to retrofit an existing building is going yeah. to be very important in the yeah. future. Yeah. Or now. Yeah. And definitely we're, that's what we're focusing on with Blue House is, is the next round of, of our courses is going to be retrofit training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm doing some research work with natural resources. Finally got a signed contract. Woohoo. I'm excited. Right. Um, to actually yeah. look at in Atlantic Canada, I'm going to be looking at four different house types and four different vintage uh, ranges mm-hmm. and what's the so for all of Atlantic Canada what's the typical patterns of construction for these four different house types mm-hmm. what are typical packages we could actually pull together for deep energy retrofits so you know looking from the exterior so and I know that with the Sundance project that we just touched on very briefly and we're going to come back to um that was the focus, and that was part of the, the a pilot project for the peer pre-engineered exterior retrofit program that Natural Resources has done. And I had Mark Carver on last season, 
there's like all of this connection to, the um, to, to talk about to talk about that project. Um, so we definitely want to, you know, I'd like, I really want to have a, a good chunk of this conversation of revolve around an external panelized or other approach to deep energy retrofits, because then that way we take a whole bunch of problems out of the project. Mm-hmm. Right? We're not opening up a wall and going, oh, now look, we're actually being able to 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 basically, you know, in, in an ideal situation, wrap another blanket around the building. Yeah, exactly. It almost right? simplifies the process. It's like, yeah. okay, let's, you know, kind of alleviate some of that stress and some of that worry that might, people might have. Be like, we can take care of this for you or it's easily taken care of by, you know, with a, with a process like panelization. Yeah. Or yeah. or a method, a method that works on this vintage of home. Yeah. 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 So here's the things that you can expect. I mean, it's because I mean, I've talked a lot in the in past episodes about energy sprung and the fact that it works really, really well in the Netherlands and other parts of Europe where they have very similar house types. They are there's a different ownership pattern, mm-hmm. um, but there's also uh, density and proximity. Right. So we don't have much of that in Canada, but we also don't have an endless variety of house types. We have about 12. Okay. Okay. Right. We have, well, we really have eight and then there's variations. Okay. Okay. So we have a a single story with either, you know, it could be a slab on grade. It could have a crawl space. It could have a basement. That basement could be full basement, daylight basement, like a walkout basement or a raised basement. That's one type, right, with some variations. And then there's a one and a half story, all those lovely, cute little post-World War II houses. I think there's like, I can't remember how many million of them there are in the, in the country. Yeah. Um, and then we have a two-story house built either sort of pre-World War One or post-World War One. There's different variations there. Same thing with the, you know, the, the, the type of foundation those things are on. Then there's a, a split level. And a split entry, two and a half story, three and a half story, three story. You know, those are kind of variations on the on the two story. But that's like those. That's a use, useful package to understand, right? That there are yeah. not. While there's variations on all of those themes, we're not like having to do bespoke projects on all the time. What have we got? Forty three million houses, something like that. They're not yeah. bespoke. It's not going to be bespoke. We can figure we can figure this out, and it might not work for all of the houses, but it's going to work for a bunch. Well, and that's the majority, and that's you know you know step one. Let's let's tackle that. You're right. And yeah. then having you know we're working on this uh, with retrofits too, with this retrofit roadmap, um, is having a rolodex of details and be like mm-hmm. you know this story and a half. These are the four ways we dealt with the rafters, and this is how we tied this in. You know this is the engineering detail we use. You might have to get it redrawn, but here's a start. Yeah, yeah. So that really so yeah. Yeah. So, so talk a little bit more about the retrofit roadmap because I really I want want to get that out into the world. Um, it's work in progress for sure, but that's that's the goal. It's it's like you know, um, a choose your own adventure on where you're starting and where you want to end up, and you know you you know the goal is to you kind of go through this roadmap you know, virtually and you, you click on, you know, the type of building you have, the type of detail you want, and it'll kind of guide you through. And it might, it like, it, it you'll probably, you'll hope the goal is to obviously end up with, this is 
a bunch of details that we've used or we've tried or we think would work, you know, in this mm-hmm. database that you can use that you could bring to your bring to the table, you know, to start planning your retrofit. And it'll it'll start talking about certain you know, like you said, these story and a half, these wartime houses, you know, they're all free, although everyone used everything and, you know, there's differences, obviously, mm-hmm. but they're, they're framed all the same. You yep. know, the, the idea was all the same. So, yep. you know, the details should be very similar, you know, if you go yep. down that road. And, and same thing with the two-story houses, like how do you work? Can you anchor the anchor points? You know, they use this type of lumber on a rim board. It's nice and solid. And, you know, we've, you know, we've, you know, developed some sort of, clip that you can make with plywood and two by fours or you know you mm-hmm. can use a metal clip yeah. whatever you know right. whatever people have used and has worked and it, i guess that's the thing it's a roadmap to get you from a to z um first of all you know you know starting from like checking out your basement making sure you know it is viable to use you know add a second story or whatever you're doing mm-hmm. um even just save the building it might not be you know um right. it'll kind of walk you through you know as an owner or a client before you kind of even go understand, you know, where you want to go. It'll start you from the very beginning and kind of you can analyze your own building and understand, you know, what you're getting into. Yeah. So, and is that available publicly now? It will be. It's not available publicly, but um, it'll be available um, soon. I think we've sent it out to a few people, but um, there's a a website called Mm retrofitcanada.ca and it'll be available through there. Okay, and there's cool, pi- there's cool. pilot projects, um, you know, stuff that other firms, like lots of single-family homes, multi-family homes, there's pilot projects on there. Um, we're starting to do, I know Peter's doing a couple, um, you know, virtual talks through there. Uh, that'd be mm-hmm. a really good resource, but that's where it's going to be launched. Yeah. Cool. And Peter being Peter Amarongan, who is your your Correct. your partner in crime out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. For partners, yeah, yeah. He's, cool. He's, he's leading the Sundance project here, so yeah, yeah. So, so that ties in really nicely with this really uh, cool thing that I'm working on, which is actually uh, an app that will, will be cloud-based app that uh, runs through a whole series of 24-ish um, flowcharts. Oh, nice. That okay. um, a homeowner or an EA, an energy advisor, or um, a builder slash renovator can use it will actually be like here's you know what are you seeing in the house so you actually have to you don't need to have the building science understanding or as much as you and I have to have right now to mm-hmm. go through a house to understand what's going on um, it'll it'll click on things like you know you'll you'll have a whole series of like well do you see this is uh, with a picture of efflorescence for example, mm-hmm. um, and it'll run through each of these things and then have a best practice option for that particular piece of the house. So every component is best practice if you see, uh, if you've got a rubble foundation with some water damage, here's here's your best practice mm-hmm. Great. based on your climate zone and stuff. So this is all in paper form, and I'm working on getting it out there um, okay, cool. as, a, as, a, as a thing, and it will have the uh, Hot 2000 um, HTML version. In it, so so somebody could go in and do all their data collection and do a really good job of actually understanding and, and listing the, the condition of the house, mm-hmm. of getting a report at the end of it. So I'm seeing where these like the 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 retrofit roadmap and this piece could tie together totally. in 
excellent ways. And we could, you know, th- like this is the kind of thing that I'm hoping that these, the, the co- podcast conversations spark is some, you know, collaboration and, and understanding of what everybody else is doing because we don't want to be reinventing the wheel all the time. No, no. <laughs> and it should be collaborative and out there. Like we, you know, we've made it our mission from day one. Is we're, we're an open book. Mm-hmm. You know, everything we learn, like you, everything we learn should be in everyone's hands. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit, or I want you to talk to me about this thing called the Smart Sustainable Resilient Infrastructure Association, SSRIA. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's something very similar to the Sundance Project. Um, you know, they're they're pushing for innovative technologies and methods to, you know, build and renovate buildings. It's, it's in Alberta here. And so we're, we're taking on three single family homes in the Edmonton area. And we're doing, you know, the first panelized, our first panelized retrofits anyway, um, using the same system. Uh, well, hybrid, I guess they're a little bit different, um, to retrofit single family homes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so we received a grant from SSRIA in order to do this. Um, we've, you know, we've select the homes. You know, we did a bit of, it's great because you get to, you know, kind of refresh the house too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give it a nice little, you know, update. So it looks, they look great, you know, um, and test this new type system, I guess. Cool. I yeah, I think that was, that was one of the big things that came out of the, um, uh, report that Gary Prosky did for the peer project way back in, like, I think it was like, I think he did it in 2016-17, where he looked at several different projects in Manitoba that did external retrofits and used insulation, um, not panelized in, uh, exterior retrofits, but used a, a rigid board, or I think in some cases they had rock wool on the outside. Um, but that was the, the one of the things that came out of it was like, well, now look at the curb appeal and the actual value of the buildings went up. So the actual, you know, um, you know, that leads to the question of whether should people be penalized for improving the performance of their house. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that you have multiple benefits from doing an external retrofit is 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 really important. So let's I mean, we've referenced a couple of times Sundance. So. Let's talk about Sundance because I think this is a very exciting project and very yeah. challenging. Like yeah. y'all took on one of the craziest pieces of geometry. I said, yeah, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. I mean, in. <laughs> I mean, it kind of all started, you know, when Peter Amarong and went, went to the Netherlands and, and, you know, he was interested, I think, I mean, he was going on a trip, but I think maybe his trip was to check out energy strong, you know, on the back burner. But, um, you know, check out panelization. I mean, we've, we've all talked about Energy Strong and, you know, they're, you know, these large, huge, huge companies are doing it in Europe. You know, mm-hmm. these are, you know, I, I don't know, I'm assuming PCL size companies, um, doing, taking this on. And, you know, they're, like you said, they're different buildings. You know, they might be, you know, government owned or, or, or whatever they may be over there. Um, it might, and they're much simpler archetype. Um, and there's a lot of attached buildings too. Correct. So they have, yeah. you know, you, if row you've got houses. six row houses, you've got 60 row houses with the same exact same facade. It's super easy to get that computerized and just rock yeah. it through a factory, which is what they're doing. They've got hundreds of thousands of units done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, yeah. And they're still going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, the goal, the goal was to bring this here and, and try it out here, um, you know, and scan the buildings, put them on a point cloud, develop a set of drawings and get them panelized, prep the buildings and put the panels up, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, you know, we, we were lucky enough to partner with Enercan on it. Um, and and Sun, the Sundance Housing Co-op has been amazing to partner with. They've been, you know, really great to work with and, and understanding and, and positive. Um, and, you know, we, we did a pilot project and it worked out great. The, the great thing is the construction has been re- working out awesome. The panels have been fitting, you know, the workflow where obviously, you know, every building we do, we have a list of ways to improve, like every mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. Um, but the end result has been great. You know, you know, some things, you know, we learn and the next building gets better and the next building gets better, but all the buildings look fantastic. And, you know, from, from the pilot project on all the, everything's working, you know, that's one thing. It works. It's, you know, these these panels fit, you're scanning these buildings, you know, putting it into a drawing set and they fit, they come out of the factory, you know, which is a low tech factory. And these are low tech drawings, you know, this kind of analog system, um, to get this started, you can, you know, you know, you only need to be as, you know, advanced as you need to be. You, your, your panel factory can grow with, right. you know, the system too, you know. And so we're getting panels out of a, a small town in Alberta, out of Killam, Alberta, on a small little, you know, small little outbuilding where they're kind of just building them on a framing, framing table, learning the system, you know, before you spend all this money on equipment, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people are building it. And then yeah. the site crew, you know, you know, we have great leadership there. Um, they're developing a workflow, you know, from scratch because, you know, prepping a building is not the same as pouring a footing, which everyone knows how to right. do. You know, every yeah. carpenter knows how to pour great bean. Everyone knows the order of operation. It's like you show up and you do it. It's like we've been doing it for 20 years. But we're starting to install box beams and hydrovac and excavate around buildings right. and shove foam in there and insulate it and do the weaving tile while you can and check it out and fix this while you're there. And, you know, we've developed a checklist. You know, this is all them. They've developed a checklist and an order of operations um, and a workflow specific to retrofits, which you can use in a stick frame, too. So it's really, mm-hmm. you know, you know, there's so many positive things and so many things we're learning. Um, that it's quite amazing when you take a step back. Yeah, and I get oh, to step back a lot. <laughs> I get to take <laughs> a step back a lot. And like, you know, you just see everyone working so hard and and just really doing such a good job. Um so yeah, we're really excited. But it's a big challenge. But like I said, a lot of that is, you know, people enjoy the challenge. And mm-hmm. you know, it's ta- obviously it's taken longer than we thought. Um it's a little more complicated than we thought. But sometimes you got to kind of put your foot in the foot in the water and Absolutely. see how it goes. Yeah. Absolutely. So my, I guess share sorry. It's like when you don't know what you don't know, there's no fear, right? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I uh, the first house I ever designed and built was a straw bale house. Yeah. A structural straw bale house. So I had an engineer here who was just like, "You're just wacky," and he would he was like super helpful, and uh, I think he's he's I don't think he's He's uh, he's no longer in the world. Pat Griggs was his name. Um, if I haven't heard from him for years and years and years, but um, he uh, he said this is whacked. I love it. 
Yeah. Okay. So um, I did a bunch of background work for him, you know, background work in terms of here's all the things we know about straw bale. And this was in the night in 1991. So there was a lot of analog ways of finding that information, like waiting for, mm-hmm. you know, the mail to arrive, <laughs> um, that kind of thing. Um, but uh, so we went at it and we designed this house and we, and it got built. And I put it out to the straw bale building community and then everybody came back and said, wait a minute, how long is that back wall? That straight back wall. And I said, um, well, it's a really long, low bungalow, four bedroom house for a family with that would, so it could, and it would, would be able to switch around so they could actually break it up into two pieces. <laughs> and I said, yeah, it's like 72 feet long. And the whole community went, what you can't do that and I said well we did and the engineer you know and 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 the house is now 30 years old almost oh my great um I think yeah I think it's 92 maybe 93 it got built it was finished and uses it has a big huge masonry heater in the in the middle of it it uses about two cords of wood and sometimes in the really bad part of the year they turn on the three um, electric baseboards in the back part of the house. Just to keep it warm. But yeah. but again, the, the whole thing of well, I didn't know that you weren't ex- supposed to do this. We had bracing as they, you know, everybody had, you know, we had these details in terms of bracing and stuff like this. But nobody said, don't build a long house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just figured it out. So yeah. kudos, just figure it out. And, yeah, you know, and, and it's always great. I have this thing on my written on my whiteboard here. It says, what's the conventional wisdom in your industry? What can you do that's not supposed to work? That's my mantra yeah. all the time. Nice. If you say, I like it. If you say it can't, if you say it can't work, I will say, hold my beer. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. And I think we're whole, like, that's kind of what we entered into this project. And, and the first few retrofits is like, well, we don't really know what we do. We, we don't really know how to do this. We got an idea. But I do know the team in the room will figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like, we'll figure it out. I'm not scared of any issue. You know, we've renovated a bunch of houses. We've built a ton of net zero, well, not a ton, but lots of net zero houses. So we can renovate it into a net, like retrofit into a net zero. Yeah. And done panels before. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good. Yeah, it's a matter of just putting all these things together and in, yeah. in, in ways that haven't been really thought through yet. Yeah. That's, we're not really not really reinventing things. We're just putting them together in different ways exactly. and thinking yeah. things through in a different manner. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and your guys, your your crews are um, you've got trained carpenters, etc. On your crew right. and stuff. So, right. and this is but this is the biggest challenge for us, right? So, mm-hmm. availability yeah. of trained, skilled labor people that is a huge thing like you know you know we get you know we're still building houses the way and renovating building and renovating houses the way our grandparents you know in the same idea the same system and that's what we teach in you know that unless you're searching the training out through certain organizations like passive buildings canada and all these places like even retrofit canada will have ways of learning you know our traditional Construction methods are, are the ones being taught, you know, and, you know, I, I talked to architects and, they, you know, they're not being taught this either, mm-hmm, at mm-hmm. least until last time I spoke with a bunch of them. So, I mean, there, there's, it's, 
even the trained people aren't being trained in this manner unless they seek it out. And so, you know, you can get a really experienced framer has been doing 20, you know, doing this for 20 years and you're kind of like, okay, forget everything you know, except how to build a wall. And this is, you know, these are the, we have to change your steps. And some like, some are into it because, you know, they're probably getting bored and they understand the need to learn and grow or some are against it. Um, but that's a big thing like we're trying to focus on, especially, you know, with Sundance is, you know, use this, use what we learn to teach people and teach mm-hmm. our guys, you know, not just how to do the steps, but also why they're important and what they do. The why is the big thing behind it. If mm-hmm. you don't understand the why, you're never going to buy in. Totally. Ever. Yeah. Ever. So that's yeah. the, the training that we do is all about the why. And mm-hmm. um, and we will be moving into some stuff about more more in-depth stuff about the how but that's the installation part is not necessarily where where our focus is in terms of blue house energy training mm-hmm. but we need to have both of those things so we need you know the mix again there's just so, so much that needs to be to be done and, and to be brought into play and i think that there's one really really cool thing about the 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 small shop version that you're working on that I'm really interested in bringing back into into Nova Scotia, and that is working in a small shop allows you to have one person or maybe two people, crew chief and a and a, and a supervisor maybe I don't know, who are in that position who are skilled trained, understand the why, and you can bring in un, underskilled and underemployed people in the, into the field and say here's what we're doing and here's how you do it and here's why we're doing it. It right? mm-hmm. gives you an op- opportunity to to actually within the realm of 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 a deep energy retrofit, <clears throat> excuse me, panelization mm-hmm. shop to actually train the workforce that we need. Totally, yeah, and, and I agree. Yeah. So that. again, it's, again, it's just like the way that we have been doing things has been failing. So I've been in this for thirty years, the same shit, different decade. Mm-hmm. We don't have enough mm-hmm. people who understand building science. Well, train them. Well, we don't have time to train them in building science because our curriculum and our and our programs look like this. I'm like, well, you know, here's me going, well, maybe you should change them. And everybody going, go away. Um, or okay. nice idea. Maybe, you know. And so I talked to Red Seal Carpenters. Uh, I, uh, before COVID, I did a whole uh, series of, of live training pieces here in Nova Scotia. And I had, you know, Red Seal Carpenters in the room who were saying, well, we did building science in what you know whichever levels but it was it was not first level it was it was in their in their later levels and i said oh cool so what's the neutral pressure plane so they did very like yeah it was basically you have heat you have moisture you have air flows heats radiation convection conduction um and you know stack effect we're good where you go Mm -hmm. that's a good start though that's more than i've heard (laughs) <laughs> well i don't know if it's all of that and it, but you yeah. know there is and i don't want to disparage people because there is an innate thing that starts to happen once you're in buildings you're going oh this i see a lot of this what are you know efflorescence or you know staining or shadowing or something and you start to get that there are connections but unless you actually have that physics behind you and you can understand like you, you to logic it out mm-hmm. You may have a solution, but that solution may be, you know, hitting those dreaded unintended consequences because you didn't yeah. know enough about that situation. And now you have, you know, a weeping attic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Right. 
right? It's yeah. all connected and uh, yeah, it's a challenge. And that's the so, consequence of learning that way too is yeah, totally. You have unintended consequence and it's a hard way to learn. Hardest for the homeowner. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, correct, correct. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're going to go, oh, I don't know. It should have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> and the homeowner is sitting there with, you know, a soggy, rotten house. Like, that's yeah. not good. No, um, exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, my biggest fear is that, that that will happen in the industry with people just kind of like, you know, throwing something at the wall and saying, here, it's all going to, something's going to work. And, and then, you know, we do have major problems. Yeah, I mean, that, and that, unfortunately, like, if that happens, yeah, that would be bad because it would put a kind of a black mark on the whole idea of premise behind it, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, when you hear, yeah, you hear I mean, everyone's like, well, buildings need to breathe or they need to leak air so they can breathe. And you're like, yeah, that, no. you know, that's going to come up again because of rotten walls. Yeah. You don't have the proper membranes and the proper flow. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I always, I'm, I'm like, yeah, my... <laughs> <laughs> I have several blog posts that scream houses don't have to breathe. People do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about, can we stop using the word breathe? Can we use yeah. the word drying potential? Yeah. Oh, that's two words. Sorry. It's not as groovy. It's not as simple. We need to have drying potential built into wall systems. Yeah. Once we do that and get rid of this breathing term, which makes me insane. Um, then then we've got some place to move from, right? That's the mm-hmm. premise we're moving from is that we need to make sure that we haven't sandwiched moisture in, we haven't locked moisture in. Now we can do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So where do we go from here? Like in terms of like we've got energy codes coming on board. Yeah, I mean I mean the energy code, we need to step it up. I know we need to do it here. I know they're doing it in, you know, in BC and Vancouver and we need to collaborate on them and understand what, understand what's working and what's not working and, and step it up across the country. Ultimately. I mean, that's, you know, and not only that, but you know, that's new buildings. There are such a small, like 20% of the buildings that are going to be not around. Even. And, it's like a hundred, yeah. yeah. There's 110,000 you know, ish built a year. Yeah, it's so just it's, a drop you know, in the bucket. We have to we have to renovate to this standard, and we have to have renovation code, which is yeah. you hear so many times. It's like, oh, it's grandfathered, it's grandfathered. I just put some think insulation in the wall because of this, and it's like, well, no, that's not going to get us anywhere. And and the problem with that, you know, I find you know is you spend all this money making a house look great, they're never going to fix it mm-hmm. after yeah. that because all this money is put into this beautiful siding and the house looks amazing and it's just performing the same as it did when it was built yeah. in the seventies. And you're like, that is not what we need to see. Um, and unfortunately when that happens, you aren't, the, the likelihood of it being fit, red, retrofitted later on is very slim because it's non-existent because, you know, people are either buying a house with a, you know, a huge renovation or they spent the money to renovate it and they're not going to do it again. Yeah. And so, I mean, not only are there so many build all, all the building, like 95%, like you said, of the buildings in 2050 existing currently, but we also have to stop that or skew or steer that renovation to think about this stuff too, that's happening mm-hmm. tomorrow and the next yeah. day. So we don't miss the chance. 
Yeah, yeah. I have some uh, some some pet. Uh, what's the thing when you come hobby horses that I try, <laughs> I like to try to. One of them is that we, as you know, as an industry in general, really need to cross pollinate because I think there's a huge missed opportunity for siting contractors, for example, <laughs> to create a value add. Totally. So teaming up with an energy advisor or an organization like Butterwick or some, you know, somebody who's already doing this kind of work or who can lead them into this work, it's yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. The people with the scaffolding and the understanding of how everything goes together are already there. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. So they're going to play so a key role on that. Key role, right? And yeah. so, so all the houses that you know, and we know that there's you know hundreds of thousands of houses that get recited every year. Mm-hmm. because there's a big industry around that. I've got to get some numbers around it. Um, yeah. So ugh, we're, with, we're missing a boat, and we miss that boat. Every, the, the, every single year we miss that boat. Like I think that you know, the panelization thing and getting to net zero is the ideal goal. It's not going to happen on every house, and we cannot wait for that to take off as the thing. No, we, we have, have to, to start put in. We have to do it now. We have to do it with the tools and the skill sets we've got now, and we just got to drive everything really hard. Yeah, and I think the panelization is a big way of tackling it on on a scale. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for these fifty nine unit buildings, like the one we're doing, and and like these large, you know, walk ups and merbs and stuff, it's a great system to do that. But we also need all these independent contractors to do to learn, like you said, sided contractors or collaborate with a good carpenter and framing carpenter and use these exterior insulation systems that work Mm -hmm. um, and do all these single family homes, you know, because it may not even make sense to panelize them if if the economies of scale don't, aren't there. It may not be cost effective and and, we just need to do it. Yeah. yeah, and the the big thing that that drives all of this is looking, taking sort of the eagle eye view of the cons- uh, residential construction industry, and saying, okay, we're talking about aggregate large scale renovation projects, but over seventy percent of our industry is a micro business. There are, if there are any people on staff, there's between one and four. Mm-hmm. This is not the this is not the industry model that is going to allow for large panelization projects in the sense that the energy sprung piece works, right? Where you have a centralized factory that's computerized and everything moves out of there. It's not going to work that way because our our industry just isn't set up that way. No, and I agree. Yeah, yeah. We need that independent buy-in for sure. I mean, when we first started, it was, you know, we were two or three people doing a couple retrofits and, and, you know, we started that first actually. And mm-hmm. just, you know, how much is this going to cost? What do you think it's going to cost? You, you learn some, you win some, you lose some and you keep doing it. And we need people to do that and, and be comfortable with that and, and be taught it somehow, but it's hard to teach business owners a lot of times, but like push it and just make it cool. I don't know. <laughs> make it cool. Yeah. Well, that's, that's it. I mean, and there is the other piece there that is, that is the biggest of huge challenges. If you're a builder, it doesn't mean you're a business person. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you should, you know, how do you, and, and especially because we have all of these micro businesses, you, you have to wear all the hats or you have one person where, you know, maybe two, three people wearing 25 hats. 
something needs to give. There needs to be some sort of a, a way to support people in terms of viable business models and stuff. So it is a bigger picture. Um, and, uh, and because I am a, a, my brain, the way my brain works, I'm always, <clears throat> excuse me, um, excited about trying to figure out different systems. How does, how do all of these pieces work together and how can we make it, um, enticing and encouraging and easy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Simplified. Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's funny because we talk about systems and we talk about you know, we do it all the time internally too. And they're a huge part of, you know, becoming lean and, and becoming a great business. And to do this, you have to be lean because we're always fighting the, the, you know, it's more expensive. It's more expensive. Well, let's make it not as more expensive just by being more efficient. But it also comes down to some pretty special people. Like you need, people need to feel empowered and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, understand that like systems are one thing, but it takes you know, you got to follow them and then we, we adjust them or whatever. But, you know, people, yeah. great people make great buildings too. It's like, it's kind of a mix. Yeah. In our yeah. World. yeah. 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 And I'm just thinking, I was thinking more in terms of like the, 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 the aggregate mass mm, yeah. retrofits, right? Yeah. Because like the roadmap. The, yeah. 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 The roadmap yeah. and this retrofit uh, decision-making tool that we're working on and, you know, all the stuff that's coming out of the peer project and and what other people are doing. I know there's RSI projects here and they're starting to do some some demo stuff here. And I'm hoping we've got some stuff happening in Western region here in Nova Scotia and maybe another maybe there might be a a, a project come up in, in the uh the spring for Halifax for a small merb. So there's you know, there's oh there's so many bits and pieces out there. We really need to make sure we're we're able to have some sort of form which becomes even more challenging with COVID and yeah it's challenging anyway but yeah yeah, so so I feel it but I I do feel like there's a lot of momentum happening that we just we need to tap into and make sure that that it's being spread out or that 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 it's being spread out that's not the right word the knowledge is being shared yeah I have two questions for you okay okay first one what is your all-time favorite nerdy thing nerdful delightful thing about building science my nerdful delightful thing i think uh being a carpenter i think sim trying to simplify wall assemblies and framing details like working on those is my nerdiest thing so maybe becoming more the designer but simplifying those to come from a carpenter's mind and be like how do i do this quick and how do i do Mm -hmm. it effective so it does the same thing as this other detail that took the guys five hours yeah right working on that we're constantly changing that i cut i get plaque for it but we're trying to make it better (laughs) that's the whole reason i got into this this whole stream of the industry is because i was going to go back to school at the age of 27 and become an architect and my cousin said very nice but you need to be out on site because architects don't know how houses go together yeah yeah and uh yeah and so yeah, I totally get that. Yeah, and it's a great it's a great puzzle. It's like like for anybody who's thinking about getting into trades, this is the this is the ultimate in terms of Jenga. Yeah, right. Like totally. how few pieces of wood can you put in there and have this thing stand up? You know, it still needs to be structurally sound, of course, and it can't be wobbly like Jenga. But <laughs> and then the order in which you put you wrap a membrane when you think like how do you stop and think and you have on site and using readily available materials. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. And then the awesome part about that is like the net zero houses we first started with were boxes and that's fair. Like that's a great mm-hmm. start. And that's what, you know, you, you learn and geometry plays a key role, but it's also, you know, like we're starting to learn cool details for cantilevers and stuff, you know, very simple details that, you know, don't blow anyone's mind. And so if someone comes up to us with a unique project that looks that's not a box and they say, this is our goal. You know, mm-hmm. we, we have a better understanding of how to tackle it. Yeah. Cause a box yeah. basically is for what we call outside corners. But as soon as you add in little bays or a jog here and there, then you got <clears throat> inside corners, like an L mm-hmm. corner that has a different, a whole different set of parameters to yep. the, bo- the, the, the outside corners on a box. And, and yeah. cantilevers and like, how do you, you know, yeah. maintain continuity of air barriers when you're, you know, simply, simply, yeah. like there's yeah. expensive yeah. ways of doing it. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Simple ways. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, the connections between foundations and framing connections between framing and roof, whether it's, you know, flat ceiling roof or slope ceiling. And yeah. And then you just multiply that out by all the variations on existing houses that you can possibly think of because people were building them like barns or like ships or like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> they did themselves yeah 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 that's a great one i love that i am right in on that i think all of that's also my favorite nerdy thing but you know i that might change (laughs) oh yeah it can change for sure yeah okay second question what's the building science bs that makes you crazy what's the myth or or mistaken I think the mistaken thing is that it has to be the opposite or, you know, goes inside with the nerdiest thing. It has to be complicated and it has to be, I guess, expensive from a business standpoint. It doesn't have to be. And that's like everyone. And maybe that's not a building science. That's just high performance building mantra that people think is just expensive and not worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think it can be done at a very, yeah, that bugs me when I have to explain like, no, we've been doing this long enough. We can do it within, a, you know, a certain percentage of what a code built would be, co- what would mm-hmm. cost. But even more frustrating, and I probably offend some people with this. It's like, why are we even comparing ourselves to that? If that's what we're comparing, like if that's what the house costs at that, we shouldn't even ha- that shouldn't even be here. Like mm-hmm. that price that we're talking about for a code built house, it shouldn't even be a comparison. Like you said, it's the bottom, and you know. I would just wish code was better. And yeah. it's you know, if we're if we're getting high performance buildings close to that price, that's good. Sorry, I got off on a tangent there. But no, my basic thing is arguing arguing that mantra that it's expensive and technical and it's not. I'm not, I'm just a carpenter. It's not that technical if I can figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I know about carpenters? <laughs> is y'all are a bunch of really clever people. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, I work no, with a lot of clever carpenters. Clever, yeah. clever, clever people that all the carpenters I know, anybody who has jumped into the field, gone, oh, my God, I love this. You're, pu- you know, like you have to be able to figure out puzzles. You have to think in three dimensions. You have to think forward and backwards across several different sets of steps and materials and components. This is not a realm for people who are dull-witted, right? Well, so, I, there's a lot to know. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. 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 And no. I mean, I think, and then that's something that, you know, so so you're not a unicorn in terms of being able to do net zero, in you know, yeah. But you are 
because you're a carpenter and what you know and how you how you put it together, it's very clever. So, <laughs> you know, I Thanks. mean, that's that's one of the things that I think is a real key thing for us to start pushing really hard at people. It's like people when you're in the trades, you are like you're using your brain and your body mm-hmm. all the time. You are yeah. you are creating. And I'm just making this up as I go. I think you're, but it's just struck me that that what, and I've, I've seen it on site when people are working in there in the flow. It's this amazingly elegant dance, right? Totally. Where exactly. yeah. you know what your crew partners are doing and where they're going to be, and they know the same thing, and then this flow happens. And I love being out on site seeing that stuff. Awesome. Yeah, it is unreal to see something come together, and then you're just like, cool. That happened and everything worked. You know, we did this right. Everything, you know, all of that. It's so yeah. nice. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of my favorite things are like, you know, being out on site was well, when we were doing the Star Bell House and a couple other things where we did some timber framing and we had, you know, a crew of seven people. And here's how we're going to lift up this 10 by 10 beam. And there we have it a human machine. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. But well, you know, hopefully we'll get out of that having to lift everything by hand. But you know, <laughs> hey, that there's that's something to be said. Sometimes you just gotta do it. Yeah. As long as you do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I have one last question for you, and it has nothing to do with building. I hear that you love snowboarding. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's, cool. You know, my wife and I met snowboarding. My kids snowboard. They're five and two. They already snowboard. Um, I spent a, a good chunk of time living in the mountains in BC um, after high school. It is, yeah, part of our <laughs> lives. Yeah, nice. for sure. I love it. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, a big, a, big, to... a big reason, you know, why we're into, you know, our performance building is trying to keep that kind of, you know, being able to snowboard, you know, keep this climate change under control. Well, now there's a driving reason, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Like snowboarding, climate change is your issue. It weather, it's all weather dependent, right? So yeah, yeah you know, no kidding. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tried. I have never been a very good skier. I used to do a lot of cross country stuff, and then I blew out a knee. And I tried snowboarding once, and I fell on my face, and then I fell on my butt, and then I fell on my face, and I fell on my butt. <laughs> and I said, I think I'm done for the day, and I walked off the mountain. <laughs> Yeah, that <laughs> it was, was really, you know, it was not a pleasant experience for me. Sitting in the hot tub afterwards with a glass of wine, that that I could deal with. Oh, and I enjoy I enjoy both. I enjoy that too. Yeah, I've had my fair share of bad days on a ski hill, but I enjoy the hot tub, you know, and snowboarding too. The afray, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, thank you so much, Dave. It's been great to talk to you today. And uh, for having me. We should uh, definitely have some more conversations about how we can collaborate and what we can do together and yeah. and really, you know, shake up the industry. No, I'd appreciate so, that. That'd be great. Cool. All right. Awesome. And we will put in the show notes, we'll put the, the uh, link to your website and okay. to retrofitcanada.ca. Great. Um, And I think I also have some slides and a presentation that includes Sundance in it. So I will do some of that stuff. And I know we've we've also uh, linked to a talk that Peter did. I I cannot remember the the venue, but um, it was a really great talk that he did about retrofit and about Sundance. Okay, yeah, for sure. So we'll make sure that those things are all up there because they're great opportunities for people to learn. Yes, for sure, yeah. Cool. All right, well, that's our episode today. 
Thank you for tuning in. This episode was produced by Blue House Energy, Podcast Atlantic, and Tanya Media. Subscribe and don't miss an episode. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time. Thank you.